Welcome to this message from Alpha and Omega Christian Fellowship. We are a family on a journey to become more like Christ, sharing His kingdom by expressing His love. We hope that you will be blessed and encouraged by what we have to share. Good morning, everyone. The last time I was up here, I told you it's almost Christmas. I warned you. Uh, the time has flown by this year, and I think um, for me personally, it's been one of the most spiritually enriching years, and God has added to us so much, not, not material things necessarily or resources, but just by means of ministry and the Spirit, drawing closer to a spiritual family, and tapping into to what God is saying to us as a family. I think there's been such an outpouring this year, and there's still a few days left. I don't think it's done yet. I don't think this is a let's wrap it up at the end of 23 type of thing. I think this is something that you either step into or underline yourself or you miss out. And I've gained so much through, through our Sunday meetings and, and our times of prayer and, and the various opportunities to engage with others in our fellowship that one thing has become very evident, even though I think we know this, is that we need one another. As a family, as brothers and sisters, we need one another. We need the different gifts, we need the different attitudes and character that God brings together. And it's become clear that the scripture where God says he places the members in the body has, has been so significant for me because this is orchestrated. God doesn't just go, let me take all these believers and see where they land. It says he places the members in the body. Amen. Strategically, he places them with purpose, he places them with intent. And you are not here by accident. You are not part of this family just because you feel like being part of this family. You are here because this is the divine orchestration of the Holy Spirit. God has, throughout this year, answered prayer and <clears throat> made his presence known. And he's moved us forward and upwards by his grace. And being part of the body means that we can rely on one another to understand his written word, what he has said. And we can more accurately interpret what he is saying we have such a gifted local fellowship, but we will only draw from this rich well if we create the opportunities to do so. It takes purpose, it takes sacrifice, it takes being deliberate, it takes moving around the schedule, it takes the effort to tap into what God is pouring out on this house. It's not just automatic, it doesn't just happen. It takes some doing, it takes some movement on our part. It takes that awkward, uncomfortable feeling to get to know other people and being in new and different company. It takes being challenged in that company. It takes the effort to, to get from where you are to come to this church building or to set something up at your own house or to visit somebody. It's going to take something. Something has got to give in order for you to tap into the richness of what God has poured out on this family. And each of us is gifted Right? God has given each of us a gift, all various gifts, so that we may be fit for his purpose. 
And so by means of a sermon title this morning, I want to speak to you about being empowered for purpose. He gives us gifts and resources freely, but him giving it and us possessing it are two different concepts. I'll say that again. God giving the gifts and the resources is different to us possessing the gift and the resources. Not taking the glory for ourselves, but using what he's blessed us with to return the blessing for his purpose. And when you use what somebody has given to you to bless them in in return, that is called honor. He's given it to you for his purpose, not for your own selfish agenda. How often do we read in Scripture God saying, I have given you, or I have set this aside for you, I have called you into. He gives us gifts and resources, but he also gives us examples, and he gives us power through his Holy Spirit, and grace and courage. A few examples of this in Scripture, God speaks in Joshua chapter 1 verse 3, and he says, I promise you what I promised Moses. Wherever you set foot, you will be on land I have given you. In other words, I have given you, you've got to set your foot on it. You've got to step into it. You've got to walk into it. Otherwise, it will forever be the land I have given you, but not the land which you have possessed. And that is the same with us. I've given you spiritual gifts. I've given you a local fellowship. I've given you the family that I've placed you in. I've given you the business opportunity and the job. I've given you the house that you are living in. It's time for you to use it for his purpose. First Peter chapter 4, verse 10. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. The gift is not the achievement. The achievement is to serve other people, and that has no expiry date. That continues, maybe in different expressions over your lifetime and on your journey, maybe in different places, but serving the people of God is our priority and must always be. You cannot say, I serve the Lord. I serve. Who are you serving? What are you doing? Serving God's people is serving God. He's positioned us to do so. And this is an amazing scripture in 1 Peter 4. God has given each of you. Are you part of each of you? He's given each of us a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. And then he instructs us, use them well to serve one another. John chapter 13, verse 14 and 15, Jesus saying, And since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. I have given you an example to follow. Do as I have done to you. So the Bible doesn't just put concepts and abstract thoughts before us. Jesus here is actually saying, as I have done, in other words, as I have served you, go now and do the same. 
So there shouldn't be confusion about this. Like I've positioned you, I've blessed you, and you've seen me do it. Now go and do the same. Take up your place. Take the stuff that I've given you and go and do the same. You see, it's done all the giving. We need to possess and make use of our gifts. And this is a question that always comes up. And I always thought it was only young people who struggle with this. What is my purpose? What is my gift? Where do I fit in? But it seems like this is a common theme throughout the life of the believer. What am I called to do? Anybody have that question just today, in the last few hours? What am I called to do? Who am I called to serve? What is my purpose? And I'm going to look at this in a very small measure today. It's not exhaustive, but it's to get you thinking, especially at this time of the year, where it either becomes really busy or things begin to shut down. Maybe a bit of both for you. But the need around us never stops. Just because we get to celebrate end of year, it doesn't mean that everybody gets to celebrate. For some people, this is a very trying time. The end of the year brings about so much depression and so much anxiety. The needs just never stop. Just in the short time that Chantal and I have been on a new journey to to try and help children in our city. And you guys have now seen Joshua with us. And the, the reason why we can't announce things and say this is who he is and he's coming home and this is his story is because sometimes we just didn't know. We just didn't know if he would ever come to live with us. Our system in this country is just set up in such a way where the local government will say there's a need, so we need people to serve that need. But that's about as much as we can tell you. We can't give you dates. We can't tell you when you need to go to court. We can't tell you which papers to fill in. You need to go to this office, that office. Uh, we will just call you while you are at work, and you need to leave everything and come and sign this. And that's just how things are set up. But our children in the city are in tremendous need. And just in the short time that we've been journeying with him, we've heard of so many other children who are in need, and we cannot assist everybody. Just this last week, somebody called us from the Department of Social Development saying there's a lady who's got four children and has unfortunately succumbed or she's given into temptation over and over with drugs and alcohol is concerned. She's got four children, two years old, four years old, 10 and 17. And they are in need of rescue right now. If they don't find a place for them to stay, they will each have to go to separate homes, each one of the siblings. That was just this week. A few weeks ago, another phone call on a Sunday night. There's a four-month-old baby that has just been found at the bus terminus in the city. Four months old, approximately. Before that, there's a nine-year-old girl in the city who's been through abuse before. She needs to be rescued tonight, and they're looking for a place to stay. And we've only been on this journey since the start of this year. But every week, you hear these stories. All the time, our children in the city are in great need. I'm not here to, to push you into something or to lay something on you. Every, each one of us are called differently. 
I'm saying let us stop turning a blind eye to the need around us because we are the church of the living God who possesses the gifts of the Spirit and the resources that our Heavenly Father has given us. Let's put it to use. The church is living its life, and I'm saying the church, the church at large, many times not making an impact on society. We've been given so much, blessed out of our socks, such tremendous power available to us, but it seems like we really step up and make full use of what God has blessed us with. And you know what? Some problems can't be solved until you get involved. Some problems can't be solved if you don't take up your assignment. God is not incapable, but he needs a yielded heart. He needs somebody to say, I will go. Because we're all in this, not for ourselves, but for the lost and dying world around us. The walls of Jericho only fell after people got involved. The multitudes were fed when people got involved. The giant fell because somebody used his skill with a slingshot and positioned himself in such a way that God can use him. So as the church, let us stop asking, why does God allow this? When we see devastation and stories like the year, but stories like those that I've just shared with you, let's stop asking, where is God? And ask ourselves, where is the church? Where is the blessed church? Where is the powerful church? Why does God allow it? Why do we allow it? Some curses will only break if we are present to make a difference. Yes, some things can be commanded. Some things you speak over and you pray about and it can change. But the deep things that trouble our city and our country will only move when we get involved, when we position ourselves, when we serve. How do you even begin thinking about your own purpose? Where do you even start? It seems like it's sometimes a question that comes up all the time. A few days from now, you're going to be bombarded with New Year, New Me, and New Year's resolutions that only last until the 2nd of Jan. And that's all good and well. To make a commitment to change or to do certain things is not a sin in itself. But what are you going to do with what God has blessed you with? It seems like New Year, New Me, New Year's resolution is always, I'm always expecting something to be done for me, something that I'm going to take up and it's going to change me and I'm going to be in a better position and I'm going to go from old me to new me in a matter of six weeks, six months. But what about all the stuff that you have been given? What about all the blessings that you do possess? What about the time when God delivered you out of that dark situation? What about the time when he healed you physically? What about the time when he rescued you? What about the time when it felt as if your world was falling apart? Only for you to recognize that God is actually just shifting things. Instead of waiting for the new stuff to happen to me, 
Let me check. Let me reflect. Let me position myself and open that treasure chest of all the things that God has done for me and say, let me just help one person. Just one. Let me just make a difference in one life. In order to start thinking about your purpose, it's important to know what God says about you. It's important to understand what the Word of God says about you. In 3 John chapter 1, or the only chapter in that book, verse 4, he says, I could have no greater joy than to hear that my children are following the truth. It delights the heart of God when we accept and follow his word, and that includes what he says about us. It's not just about following a command all the time. It's also about understanding the value of his word for each of us. What does he say about you? Sometimes we get so caught up in praying for solutions and for things to change. But God already has an opinion about you. He already has a heart for you. He doesn't have to go and make up anything. And if I accept the truth of God's word, I lock out every other illegitimate and unauthorized word in my life. And so it's time for us to return to the pure, unadulterated word of God. Just what is he saying about me in this word? If I open it there in those scriptures and we're reading through the book of Acts, what is he saying about me as his child, as his son or daughter? Enough of the lies and the listening to other voices and striving to formulate my own identity. I'm not called to bear witness to myself, but to bear witness with his word. And so let his word validate you. And this is the first step in uncovering your gift and your purpose. That is knowing what he says about you. I'm going to share a few scriptures just some that came to mind as I was thinking of this, and these are some of my favorites. In Zechariah 9, verse 16, it says, On that day the Lord their God will rescue his people, just as a shepherd rescues his sheep. And here's what he says about them. They will sparkle in his land like jewels in a crown. This is how God feels about you. I will rescue you. I will take you out of whatever it is you're facing. And for some of us, that rescue and that deliverance has happened already. And he says, you will sparkle in this land like jewels in a crown. In Deuteronomy 32, 9 and 10, it says, For the people of Israel belong to God. Jacob is his special possession. He found them in a desert land, in an empty, howling wasteland. He surrounded them and watched over them. He guarded them as he would guard his own eyes. The other translations, of course, would say he guarded them as the apple of his eye. This is what the word says about you, that God looks after you like he would look after his own eyes. Zephaniah 3.17, For the Lord your God is living among you. He is a mighty Savior. He will take delight in you with gladness. With his love, He will calm your fears. He will rejoice over you with joyful songs. 
I think we always think we're coming into his presence to sing a song to him, which is wonderful. But he stands and he looks over you and your life. And the Bible says he sings a joyful song over you. That's how special you are. He sings a joyful song over his creation. Doesn't matter what you've been through. Doesn't matter what you've done. He looks at you and he just says, I sing the song over you. That's how I feel about you. So this is, the, this is God's art concerning you. Let us stop discounting ourselves. We are too valuable and have been through too much to leave this world untouched. There are troubled people and circumstances craving our presence, and we are too gifted to remain silent. We heard those words again in the reading in Acts this morning. Let us stop being silent. Let us stop as the church of God just pass through, leaving everything around us untouched. Let it be known that the church of God came into this situation. Let it be known that the church of God visited that family. Let it be known that the church of God raised the standard in that community. Amen? It's time to uncover and understand what is on the inside of you. The early church, as we are reading through the book of Acts, we will see that they moved in power. But the church today seems to be waiting on God. Waiting with all passivity. Waiting for something to happen. And I'm not throwing the concept of waiting on the Lord out. I just think we misunderstand it sometimes. We use it as an excuse to do nothing. We use it as an excuse for somebody else to do something about the situation. And say, we are waiting on the Lord for the right time. We are waiting on the Lord for a sign. We are waiting on the Lord for what? Have you not seen enough devastation and heartache in your life to know that the time is now? That we need laborers in the vineyard? It's like people who say, I have to watch the news today. I have to watch it on every channel so that I'm aware of, are you not aware of what's going on already? Is that not enough pain and anxiety? It's good to be in the know. It's not good to be consumed by it and be driven by fear, though. The early church kept pace with the move of the Spirit. When there was an outpouring, they were positioned to receive. And immediately they spoke. You'll often hear those words in this book of Acts. When there was an encounter with the Spirit, and they went to preach. An encounter with the Spirit, and somebody got healed. And somebody got baptized, not just them, but their entire household. Not just them, but the people around them. Outpouring of the Spirit, people say, is scarce these days. It's scarce because we don't see the evidence. We don't do anything with it. We pray and go to sleep. We pray and we become ineffective. But God is calling us to realize that I'm pouring out so much power right here. It's time for you to take it and run with it. Waiting on God is an active exercise, not an excuse to be passive or wait for something or someone else to make a move. Let us look what's on the inside of us. Romans 8 and 11 says, The Spirit of God 
who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Jesus Christ from the dead, He will give life to your mortal bodies by this same Spirit living in you. Do you imagine that? The same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is alive on the inside of you. It's not a different Spirit. You didn't have to make up something else to live on the inside of you. The same resurrecting Spirit is alive on the inside of you. Raw power available to you. It's like when somebody gives you a vehicle with all these features and this much horsepower and that much whatever, and you're only cruising along at 40 kilometers per hour, frustrating everybody else behind you. (laughs) But if you give that car to the right person who understands what it is capable of, you can get things moving, right? Sometimes our waiting doesn't just cause us to stagnate causes everybody else behind us to stand still as well. And therefore we block the favor of God coming into situations because we are waiting on him. Luke chapter 10 verse 19. Look, I have given you authority over all the power of the enemy and you can walk among snakes and scorpions and crush them. Nothing will injure you. That's your authority. That's what God has blessed you with. The enemy is not looking for people to become his servants. Have you noticed that? When you get tempted, when you are facing challenging times, you never have the sense that the enemy is saying, become my servant, please. He doesn't have to do that. He just wants you to be ignorant about the power that's available to you. That's all. You don't have to serve him. You don't have to have a ritual for him. doesn't mind if you don't come over to his camp. All he needs from you is just to be ignorant and he's won you. Evaluate our own temptations and time-wasting activities and we'll see that these only attempt to move us toward apathy and not the renunciation of our faith. He doesn't mind us coming to church. He doesn't mind us gathering. As long as when I leave... I forget who I am. I forget that the price has been paid. I forget that all authority has been given to me. I forget that the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is alive on the inside of me. doesn't have to do much. All he needs you to do is to be ignorant and disconnect from the body so that you can't have the benefit of the gifts flowing in and among us and you become ineffective. So what is needed for you to step into power and purpose? I want to give you five things, and then I want us to pray. What is needed for you to step into power and purpose? Number one, recognize God's word as the ultimate authority in your life. That means your opinion has got to go, and other people's opinion has got to go. You don't need a video on social media to tell you who you are. You don't need to manifest. See, it's a popular thing these days. People speak about, let me manifest. I need something, so let me know. God has given you authority. God looks at you and he sings a song over you. God has given you a Holy Spirit power. You need to walk in that. You need to walk in it. You need to grab hold of it, understand that his word is the ultimate authority in your life. 
Number two, you have to study and understand what he says about you. Find the scriptures. Put your name in there. This is what God says about me. The scriptures that I shared with you, those are my favorites. You have to find your own. (laughs) Number three, feed the life of the Spirit on the inside of you. That Holy Spirit power that's available to us, it has to be fed in order for you to make use of it. And that means spending time in prayer, spending time in worship, spending time in the Word, but also, very important, spending time praying in the Spirit. Number four, stay connected and involved with the body of Christ. You can't do this on your own, even if you try. doesn't matter how anointed you are, you need the body, and the body needs you. Is the reason why you are gifted in the way that you are. And number five, submit yourself to being equipped. Some of us have a vague understanding of what God has called us to and who he's called us to serve. There's an equipping that has to take place. There's a reason why God raises up men and women in order to equip us, in order to serve the body of Christ so that the body may recognize its gift Unlock the gift and help you to express the gift. Amen. There's been incredible testimonies over this last year. Just on Tuesday night, we were sitting in the kitchen for our time of prayer because the lights were out again. And as Paul and Laverne walked in, and God reminded me of a scripture that I like to use when I'm praying. It's in Psalm 13 in the message version. It says, I have thrown myself into your arms. I am so full of answered prayer. I am so full of answered prayer. But my prayer today is that we recognize that we are full of answered prayer, but step up so that somebody else can have the same testimony. We've had testimonies this year of healing, financial breakthrough, jobs, debts being paid off, all sorts of things you hear on a Tuesday night. And I really encourage you to join. It's just come and join us for a time of prayer. It's one hour, we start at seven, at eight o'clock we are done. There's teaching, there's testimony, there's encouragement, there's worship, and then we pray. We fit all of that into one hour. Before you know it, we're closing off and we're on our way. And it is so invigorating spiritually. It is so encouraging because it looks like God is just answering prayer, one after the other. When we walk in on a Tuesday night and Pastor Frank says, anything to share? The testimonies are coming out. Took a while, but as the momentum started to build, we could see that God is moving us into something. God is moving, and I believe fully that he's been moving us into a space where we need to recognize who we are. Not out of arrogance, not out of anything that we have made, but to recognize who we are because of his grace. The church has to come back to living life powerfully. The church has to come back to leaving evidence. In this week, leave evidence that you've been there as a believer. Don't leave those situations unchanged. At the very least, pray for those people. If you can't encourage, if you don't have the words to say, 
If you can't help financially, pray for that situation. And my heart this morning, especially, please stand in agreement with us to pray for the children in our city. Because you know what? And Chantal and I realized the other night, when this festive season starts, I think we're going to be a little busy. There's going to be all sorts of problems. If the year, if just throughout the year, normally we're getting all these phone calls and hearing about all these stories, I think when the busy periods hit, there's going to be some abandoned children. There's going to be some children in desperate need. And so do pray for us. Pray that this curse in our city breaks, because you know what it ultimately is? It's the curse of fatherlessness. And here's what I realized that, that God has raised up on the inside of me. Aligning me with this house was the first step for me to catch the spirit of fatherhood, even though I didn't father any children. The second thing is to break that curse again, even though I don't have any children of my own. And he asked me to step into a young man's life and say, you'll be the father to this child. And Joshua, on the first day already, people said to us, he won't speak to you, he's doesn't get attached to people that easily, is this and that, all sorts of things. It was all of two minutes that our first interaction was awkward. After that, it was daddy, mommy, daddy, mommy, and it hasn't stopped. <laughs> they are ready to receive it. They are looking for love. In the natural and in the spirit. They are craving. The children are craving for something. And there are other situations, there are other curses as well. There's the curse of poverty and unemployment in the city. Don't let the government fool you with the numbers that they're bringing about. Because it's not sustainable things that have caused the growth. The church needs to step into the situation. It's the only way it's going to move. People are looking to be served. And not in some strange, odd way, I'm just doing here, doing nothing, come serve me. They're looking to be served because they are desperate. And the church needs to have an answer for them. So let's step up. Be effective. Realize who you are. Realize what's on the inside of you. Know what God says about you every morning. Know what he says about you before you step up. And then use what he's given you so you can step into your purpose. Amen. Can we spend... Just a few minutes in prayer, please. And I want to, to pray specifically for the things that I've said, but also for those who have that burning desire to know and understand what your purpose is. So that the words that we've spoken here this morning can find the root in your heart. So that you can begin to block out every other voice that wants to give you purpose. And you come back to accepting the word of God as the final authority on who you are. So, Father God, we pray this morning. We pray, Father God, for a grace to understand. We pray, Father God, for a reawakening of the church. For a church that is effective. A church that leaves evidence church that touches society, a church that makes a difference wherever they are. And we pray, Father God, and we thank you today for every testimony, every deliverance, Father God, 
for every time that you've brought us out of dark and confusing times. And we declare today, Father God, that we are your children, and we recognize what you say about us. And we pray, Father God, that you use us, that you send us. And we thank you, Father God, for the work of your Spirit, that Holy Spirit that lives on the inside of us. And we pray, Father God, today for an awakening. We pray, Father God, today for action. And we pray, Father God, today that we may discover our purpose in you. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope that you've enjoyed this message. For additional resources and more information, come and visit us at alphaomega.org.za.